everybody. And buzzards. This is Macy. This is Nicole. And you're listening to Buzzkillers. <laughs> I just choked on myself during that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to giggle. <laughs> well, hey, everybody. Back. We're back. How's it going? For another episode. Canadian true crime. Canadian true crime. <laughs> I was like, what is this month? <laughs> We forgot already. No, but it, yeah, it's Canadian true crime. And man, I thought that Australia was fucked up. Canada, <laughs> I swear to God, Canada sits there quietly because everybody's like, God damn Australia. And Canada's like, he, nobody knows. We have Luca Magnata. <laughs> and you're like, what? Man, I, I truly tried to stay away from him this time because I was like, there have to be cases other than that him. are. That are the same amount of like, <gasps> that are not him. And he's going to be a big case, oh, too. He, oh, because he goes on that international chase with investigators and like, yeah, it's going to be a long one. It's going to be. And I was like, I don't want to do long ones anymore. I did like four in a row. No, we did a bunch in a row. <laughs> I was like, I need a shorter case, please. Canada, anyway. Canada was good for that. Thank you, Canada. You I got to get my pillow for my back. <laughs> <laughs> when I tell my story, I like to sit up so that I'm close to my mic. I'd lay down if I could. <laughs> like, and you, I mean, you have the whole. I do have the cow, whole. You food. could lay there like a like you're in a psychiatrist's office. I do. I could. But you I don't. have the whole futon to myself, guys. I wouldn't do that because there was a screw that fell out of it a couple of days ago in the back, and I haven't fixed it. Really? No, I mean it's fine, but I haven't <laughs> fixed it. But I I know I have to fix it when like somebody comes to stay, probably. Yeah. But sitting on it's fine. It's just like attaching these two pieces together. But Tyler likes to rearrange our pod room when we're not here. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I love him very much. But now we have a very specific. Like before, we were kind of going back and forth, back and forth. Like I would sit on the couch. When you yeah. talked and I would sit in the chair that and I. That was supposed to be like the storytelling yeah, this, chair. Yeah, this was supposed to be the storytelling chair, but we finally got our levels right for the mics. And we were so. like, we can't keep switching mics. This is a pain in the ass. It <laughs> was so annoying. I was like, where is exactly, where is Nicole's from last time? So let me like turn it right there. I just got, I was like, you know what? I'm the one doing the sound. So you just sit there and I'm going to sit here. <laughs> My microphone has a big purple bow around it that's got like spooky skulls on it and something. It's it came I think my birthday gift. I was, was gonna say I it. think Steph wrapped that on your birthday gift, like tied the bow around your your bottle of wine or whatever she got you. Yeah, that was good wine. Yeah, it was. It was really sweet. It was really sweet. Like I could only have and I think a cup it was, of it. Wasn't that the Pinot Grigio too? No, it was Moscato. Was it Moscato? It was okay. Moscato. It was definitely Moscato. Because I remember it was sweeter than what we normally drink, and I was like. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, like sugar. Glass of sugar. But it was so good. Anyway. But yeah. What are we drinking, Nicole? Guys, guess what we're drinking this week? <laughs> Michael by David Winery. Our, by our excitement, you could probably tell. <laughs> it's Michael David Winery. <laughs> we found one of their harder to find wines. <sighs> We've been trying so hard to find this freaking Chardonnay. I know. We did everything, and then I finally figured out that they had that little... Where can it's you like, find it? It yeah. was like a hidden button on there. It's like not in their main menu. It was like down the bottom, like among. Yeah, they have a like, weird place for and it. And so it was really small, and I f- and it was like find our wine, and I was like, <gasps> there's one store, in like, like the whole of our area. 
that like, sells it. all within this like without having to drive at least two hours out to yeah. albany yeah. i was like oh my god and i went and i was tempted to buy more than one bottle because i was so excited i found it well now we'll have to go back and get another bottle of that and another bottle of the cali rose because that was so yes. good last and if week we buy it on tuesdays they have 10 percent off wine on tuesdays which made me so happy oh my god yeah <laughs> i it's will not name the store because i will not triangulate myself but guys i was so freaking happy not only did i find this wine that we've been looking for for 18 years but i got to the counter and the guy was like and 10 percent off on tuesdays for wine and i was like bro you should advertise that better because i would have been here i would i would have been ago. here already <laughs> been here every tuesday for the last fucking eight weeks <laughs> oh my god it's, it's amazing it is we absolutely. we tried it already and it's so, so good and it's got a pretty mermaid on it it's got a beautiful it's actually she's um she's supposed to be um the daughter of poseidon it, so talk, it talks about it so on their Ariel. website. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, She's going to read you the description, y'all. But yeah, no, it's it just like it says like the, the fourth act in our, in our menagerie of freaks is none other than the daughter of Poseidon. Or they call her Madison. It says or Madison as we've come to know her. So this is Madison. <laughs> Ariel. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is Ariel. It's, it's Ariel. <laughs> she has red hair. She looks She ooh. looks exactly like her. She just doesn't have the green tail. Yeah, she has a blue tail. Me too. Guys, this is Ariel. It's <laughs> I'm in denial. Ariel. I'm sorry, Michael David Winery. It's not Madison. <laughs> this is not Madison. It's Ariel. Um so this is Enchanting, flirtatious, and fun-loving. Our 2019 mm. Freak Show Chardonnay is crisp and fruit-driven with tantalizing aromas of juicy apricot, honeycomb, citrus, and toasted caramel. Playful mm. flavors of nectarine, lemon zest, elderflower, and creme brulee dance on the tongue with a hint of vanilla and nutmeg lingering on the finish. Yeah. The n- I, right? get the n- I get the nutmeg. The nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, we're, we are becoming wine connoisseurs. Krista, are you proud of me? <laughs> my palate is starting to <laughs> finally catch up with my age. This wine has great mouthfeel, and I taste mouth the nutmeg. Mouthfeel, <laughs> mouthfeel. If you guys didn't la- listen to last week's episode. <laughs> I had to, when I had to add the wine to the website, I went to copy it, and I forgot that it said mouthfeel. Ah! I, just, I was sitting at work, and I started laughing. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot it said mouthfeel. I told Tyler, I told Tyler about that, about how we're going to go to a bar and be like, which one has the most acidic mouthfeel? <laughs> and he was like, first of all, because Tyler works in the restaurant industry, he was like, first of all, no one would have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and second, you might as well just say, which one is the most acidic? And I was like, no, that's not the, that's not, it's not which wine is acidic. It's how it tastes in your mouth. And he was like what and i was like okay you'd have to read the definition of mouthfeel <laughs> mouth but now we're gonna talk about mouthfeel all the time and he was like okay and then he heard it about tussle and he thought that was hilarious <laughs> tussle if you guys listen guys go back and listen twin tussle. Uh, his evil twin tussle that's gonna be my new thing <laughs> oh you can't you can't say your evil twin tussle came over because <laughs> that that guy's taken by uh, oh my god david russell williams anyway i can't go listen to episode 32 it's a hoot it is a hoot <laughs> we recorded it very late at night it's what a hoot you sloot <laughs> 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 <laughs>
last night we were playing Connect Four on the lawn. I bought this giant Connect Four set, and I cut Nicole off somewhere, and she was like, "Ah, oh, you sloot." <laughs> And we had to stop playing and, like, laugh on the ground for, like, 20 minutes. Our, our guys stood there and were like, what the hell is They're, like, trying to you? climb a tree and we're, like, rolling around on the ground, like, <laughs> laughing. And they're like, what is happening? What are you doing? And we're like, what are you doing? I know. They're, like, making fun of us because we're laughing on the ground. Those two are literally in a tree half the night. Oh, my God. And then <laughs> guys, Tyler- we're not exaggerating. Yeah. And then Tyler for Christmas. I don't know why you had done this took like this giant led light and climbed it up a tree and tacked it to the top of the tree so this tree literally looks like a beacon like from down the street and you know what's so funny last night we kept being like oh welcome welcome be be, uh, be mesmerized by our beacon traveler and um all the boys were like what but then That's later funny. after you guys left i saw an episode or not an episode a like a meme about when like the beacons are lit in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and I was going to send it to you, but I know you haven't seen it. Oh, so no, I was I like, oh, she wouldn't get it. I've seen it once. But I was like, Very the well. beacons are lit. The, the beacons, beacons are, are lit. <laughs> so it was a funny day, guys. guys anyway. Yeah. It was it was a time. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a hootie sloot. A hootie sloot. All right. Well, let's get into this. Who then. the heck are you telling me about today? Okay, well, I'm calling this, I'm trying to make this episode a little bit more about the victim. Okay. Rather than um, the asshole that did this. Um, Fair. Most of you might know it um, by another name, and I will I will tell you what that is. But I'm going to call this episode The Murder of Johnny Atlinger. Mm-hmm. And some people call him Johnny Atlinger. Atlinger. But I, like, Atlinger, okay. I thought it was Atlinger. I don't know. They said it a couple different ways, but this is what I liked. <laughs> so we're going to call Matt John Atlinger. Um, people called him Johnny. And he is involved, um, if you guys don't know, in the Dexter murder. We'll get into who committed the Dexter murder a little later on. But we're not going to start off with who that was. So secret, secret. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> So all of this happened in the fall of 2008 in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And John Atlinger, who his friends called Johnny, was a 38-year-old pipeline inspector. um, And he worked for Argus Machine. So um, that company is an oil field equipment manufacturer. Manufacturer. I cannot talk. You doing all right? I like switched to the two like main (laughs) words. Um, and he worked in quality control on the pipeline, and so he like worked the night shift a lot. Okay. Um, he lived alone, and as far as I could tell, Canadian listeners, let me know if you know anything more about this. Um, he he had not been married ever. Um. He was a tall guy, kind of goofy looking. He looked sweet to me. Like, all I showed you a picture. Yeah. He just looked sweet. He's a tall guy, um, loved motorcycles, and took very good care of them. And that's going to become, like, a thing later on. So really? remember okay. that. Um, his family said he had a good sense of humor. He was a positive and upbeat person. Um, and he was looking for companionship. Um, so on October 10th of 2008, I don't know if this is exactly when he met this person online, but he had met this person online. Yeah. Probably before. 
Um, but on October 10th of 2008, he had planned to meet this woman named Jen, um, who he had met on Plenty of Fish. And Jen's, like, handle on Plenty of Fish was spider webs. But then when he, like, got in contact with her, he, she said, oh, my name's Jen. And this happens again later on. So spider webs is important. Remember that. Widower. No. No? No. No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, like I said, um, Johnny was kind of like a goofy looking guy. He liked motorcycles, but he was also really into computers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he spent a lot of time online and was very tech savvy. And his friends says he say he was always in touch, was never offline for very long. Yeah. And so when all of this happens, immediately it's red flags. Immediately suspicious. Oh yeah. Um, so he goes to meet Jen, and um, thankfully, as he left his house, he left an email for a friend with the directions that Jen had given to her house. Guys, just brief pause here. Take that into. Never go somewhere without telling people where you are. If you are ever going on a date with somebody you have not met before, tell somebody about it. Go to tell a public place. Where you're going. Smartphones have the option to pin your location now. One person. That's you can all share your takes. directions. Like on Google Maps, you can yep. share your ad- the address you're at, share your directions. That can save your life if something bad happens. Always tell somebody where you're going if you're meeting somebody. But do also, do don't pick them up at their house if it's the first date. Go to a public place. Meet in a public place. You both meet there. You drive separate. You drive separate. I mean, if you end up going, doing whatever, good for you. You like that person. That's fine. My child is going to hate <laughs> I just became very aware of this. <laughs> Do not go anywhere without Mom, I me. just want to take the cover car to Ben's house. It'll be like, no. <laughs> um, okay. Apparently, there's going to be hover cars when I have kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, they thought there were going to be hover cars like now. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so... He sent the directions to a friend. It said he sent them to a couple of friends, but I couldn't verify that. So, but I know he sent it to at least one person, one if person. not two. Yeah. Um, and he also emailed these friends again when Jen arrived at 7 p.m. I didn't, like, it seemed like she wasn't there or something. So wherever they were supposed to meet, he got there first. It looks like it. Interesting. We're going to talk about where they met. Oh, no. So... After this text email, sorry, <laughs> this is 2008, not 2021, <laughs> he goes radio silent. Nope. And his phone is turned off. No. And his friends cannot get a hold of him. Nope. Um, he's been, you know, kind of MIA for a couple of days. His friends notice that his motorcycle was left uncovered. In his driveway. I knew that that's what this was going to come back to. Which is, like I said, unusual for him. Because he took very good care. If he wasn't going to use that motorcycle and he knew it was going to be sitting out there for a couple days, he would cover it. He would find some place to put it. He wouldn't have just left it out. Um, And even, like, you know, he, he just wouldn't. It just seemed odd. Yeah. And friends and family ended up receiving an odd email from him on October 13th. So three days after this date. And it seemed out of character for him. 
And this is what the email said. Hey there, I have met an extraordinary woman named Jen who has offered to take me on a nice long tropical vacation. We'll be staying in her winter home in Costa Rica. Phone number to follow soon. I won't be back until December 10th, but I will be checking my email periodically. See you around the holidays, Johnny. I'm sorry. He met this woman once and we're supposed to believe that he's going on a two-month-long vacation with her to Costa Rica? And friends actually said this is from the Edmonton Journal. Atlinger would often sign off his emails with a joke, a smiley face, or maybe an endearing wisecrack about the buddy he was talking to. So the fact that he just said, see you around the holidays, Johnny, seemed odd. This guy has great friends. He has really good friends. He has really friends. great friends. Um, I hope so, my friends know that much about me. <laughs> and <laughs> This is not how she would email me. <laughs> and later they found out that the perpetrator of this crime had used Johnny's keys to get into his apartment and use his computer to send this email to his friends. Oh. Um, friends tried replying back to this email saying, please call me like this. This is odd. I want to hear from you, but they never received any responses. And a friend also saw an updated status um, on Atlinger's, msn messenger account yeah that said i've got a one-way ticket to heaven and i'm not coming back what yeah like what does that mean so that's like a death that that's what that means yeah so okay so guys this really confused me (laughs) canada has a different time for their thanksgiving it is in october it is not in november like american thanksgiving is so they kept talking about Thanksgiving and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so when he went missing was on the 10th, miss, when he went on this date was on the 10th. 10th and then okay. that was like the beginning of a long weekend okay. for the, um, for their Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. And, um, October 12th. And like I said, they received this email on the 13th. So this is the day before he had been planning to go on a motorcycle driving lesson with a friend and he like didn't contact the guy didn't show up and when johnny i guess like his friends and family said when johnny said he would be somewhere he would be there like he wouldn't like or if he wasn't gonna be able to come he would let you know yeah he wasn't just a person that just didn't show up to yeah he'd never stand up so um obviously this motorcycle trip driving lesson thing doesn't happen and um oh my god my thing just did that little thing um nobody you you know what i'm talking about my stuff my thing did the weird thing okay then Maisie. (laughs) when it like just randomly goes to the bottom of my notes and i'm like "Ah!" when your tablet like yeah my tablet like jumps i don't know what it does (laughs) um but friends are obviously very worried at this point and they start calling around um they start calling each, like each other. Have you heard from Johnny? Da, 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 da. And then also they start calling his work. Johnny's boss over at Argus machinery, machinery, machines, whatever, had received a resignation via email from Johnny. But when he emailed him back to be like, okay, where do you want me to forward your last paycheck? He didn't get a response. So that's odd. That's very odd. Right. Um, and so friends call the police at this point. Good. And they're, and they are told by police to wait and see what happens. Are you for real? Mm-hmm. 
And they're like, guys, this is completely out of character. Like, you need to go to his house. Like, something's wrong. And they're like, oh, well, he might show up. If people are concerned enough to contact the police and this man has been missing at this point for, what, at least three days? Three, four days at this point? Um, Five days, maybe. I'm pretty sure that's enough to file a missing persons report. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, awful. I mean, it might have only been three days because this is like, you know, the, tw- the 13th is when they get the email. The 12th okay. is when he doesn't. So it's only been like three or four days, but it's out of character for him. It's very, and if yeah. they if somebody comes to you and says, this is completely out of character for my friend, they would not do this. I mean, maybe it isn't some sort of kidnapping, whatever, but maybe you should look into it. Like, even just do a welfare check, please. Yeah, just go to his house. But his friends, being the amazing friends that they were, broke into his apartment. Good for them. And (laughs) inside the apartment, they found his passport, his luggage. Nothing had been packed. His, like, motorcycle helmet and his jacket were on his bed. Like, the house looked like he was planning on coming back. And they called the police again. Thank you. And the police at this point take them seriously. And thankfully he had. I have this all in caps right there. <laughs> thankfully he had sent his friends Jen's directions. <laughs> so the directions said. This isn't this isn't like quoting. And this isn't exactly what I'm going to read you later. Okay. But in the directions basically it says park in the driveway in front of the garage She'd leave the garage door open and he could come into the house through the back door, which was through the garage. So he had to walk through her garage, go through a door like he's not coming to the front door, opens a door in the garage and goes through that door through the backyard to the back door of the house. Already, that's suspicious to me. That's really weird. That's on October 18th, a week after his disappearance, the police find the garage. And the garage owner says, or so they basically follow these crazy directions because it's yeah. not an address. It's just directions. directions. And they find the garage's owner, and he says that he is renting the garage to a man named Mark Twitchell. Oh, no. And here, my friends, is where things get interesting. Who is Mark Twitchell, you ask? (laughs) He is an aspiring filmmaker. He's in his late 20s. And he, this is like a quote from one of the documentaries. Um, It's like the True Crime Daily documentary about this case. Mm -hmm. Um, He was the big fish in the very small Edmonton film scene. Uh. He was a costume designer and made elaborate mock-ups of famous characters. He had actually done a... um, like a fan, a fan film about Star Wars, like re oh. kind of like gone on on a different story that he had written that was like based on the Star Wars films. And it did pretty well. It did pretty well. Um, he was a smart guy, kind of odd. Um, but he was just kind of strange. And I deleted a lot of my notes. Anyway, they show up to this garage Mm -hmm. and he is filming or has filmed. I couldn't really tell if he had already filmed it or was in the process of filming it. Yeah. A movie that he called 
quote, house of cards. The main character was based on the TV show serial killer Dexter. Oh, and it no. in, it involved plastic sheets and like all this stuff. And basically the story outlines this guy luring this other guy via the internet to a garage where he kills him methodically um, and like dismembers him and da 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 da. But he says this is all a movie, and he says these are these are my props. He, like you know, here's the script. He shows them the script. You know, like he's very cooperative with the police. And he said he did say at some point because like they're like, do you do you know them or whatever? Yeah. And he was like, no, I don't know them. He's like, but someone did tamper with the lock on my garage a couple of weeks ago. They don't think anything of this. They think that they're not suspicious of him. So they let him go be about be on his way. So interesting. I'm going to go back about about him a little a little bit. I don't want to go up too much in him because he's kind of a jerk. But um, <laughs> OK, she was he was married to. Um, I, I can't believe I deleted a bunch of this. I don't know why I did that. Um, he had been married once before to a woman named Megan in 2000 at, they were not long, long married when she discovered that he was cheating on her. There was, he was a compulsive mm. liar. Oh. He would like, she would say, Hey, did you pay this bill? And he would say, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then later like people would call like collections would call and be like, you never paid this bill. They got divorced. Um, but at some point he had asked, she, he had asked her if she had ever thought about killing someone. And she was like, yeah, she was like, well, you know, everybody thinks at some point where like they're angry enough. They're like, I could just kill you. Yeah. Like, and he and he said that he had thought about killing a homeless person so that there would be no tie to him. That's weirdly specific and a very large red fucking flag. Yeah, that marriage ended in 2005. Good for her. And he <laughs> ended up marrying another woman not very long after. Not good for her. <laughs> named Jess and they had a child very quickly and interestingly enough um he had bought their home their their home with like fraudulent mortgage papers what I don't know how he had done that say, but how do you do that in 2008 I, I don't know but after this he had quit his job and he was like solely basically living off of the movie investors money um That's and he had a lot of jobs as a salesman and this is why I think it was hard to catch him at first because salesmen can talk their way out of a lot of things. Yes, they can. They're That's why very I never answer my front door when they show up. At yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, he was, I mean, I don't know if he wasn't a good one. He probably was good, but he was probably strange. Yeah. And people were off put. So he didn't keep these jobs very long, mm -hmm. but he was obviously very good at selling himself. Yeah. As, a, as a movie producer and whatever. But anyway, he had also, I guess, before the movie had been filming, handed out pamphlets to the neighborhood saying that he was filming, filming a movie in the garage. Excuse me. And that um, they might hear strange things coming from the garage, but to please disregard those because they're just a movie. It's all fiction. Hmm. <sighs> See, anyway. 
that bothers me because I feel like if you really were filming a movie, that would be good planning. To be like, okay, look, like I'm gonna be filming. And he this filmed the movie. It There's exists. Gonna be people screaming, and like you probably don't need to call the cops because it's gonna be fake. Like it's good. You're good. But like at the same time, I would look at somebody that did that and be like, that's sus. <laughs> don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be suspicious. suspicious. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> the police end up contacting a couple who had witnessed an incident around the time of the garage. Around the time of the garage, around <laughs> around the area of the garage, around the same time frame-ish okay. that Johnny had gone missing. This couple was named Marissa Garini and Trevor Hossinger, Hossinger and they um, had been walking their dog this one night and had reported a very strange incident. And we're going to talk about that incident later. Um, they had seen, in more detail, mm-hmm. they had seen a man lying in front of Twitchell's garage and he was asking them for help, saying he was being robbed. Um, and then a strange man walked up to the couple and pretended to be this guy's best friend and being like, oh, stop joking with these people, dude. Come on. Come back to the garage. They were terrified. They didn't know what was happening. It seemed all very strange. So they went home. First of all, I would have just called the police they right there. Just immediately I would have walked up. down the street a little bit and then called the police. And then stayed there until and the police like, came. tried to watch what was happening. Yeah, but they left, called the police, later led the police to the garage, but were never contacted again after this incident, incident until Johnny Atlinger goes missing. They thought they had left Atlinger to die. They were like despondent, like so upset because they thought that they it, thought was, it him was him and that they had left him to die. But... Police ended up figuring out that this incident happened one week prior to Atlinger's disappearance. What? So who was it? The timeline on these kinds of things is kind of hazy. Uh-huh. They've gone to see uh, Mark Twitchell. He's kind of explained away everything. They've contacted this couple. They've found out that there was another incident in front of the garage a week prior. They don't know who this is. But later on, <laughs> such an idiot, <laughs> Marge Twitchell open, Mark, Mark Twitzel, Twitchell openly offers information to the police that he had, quote, forgotten. And he sends this in an email. He says that he had recently bought a red hatchback Mazda for $40 from someone on the street. This is the same make and model of Johnny's car. He bought a car. It's a $20,000 car. I looked it up. I was just going to say, he bought a car in th- this is 2008 mm-hmm. for $40? Yeah, that seemed suspicious. Police are like, hmm? Bro, unless it's for scraps, and even then, that's not enough for scraps. What? So, they go and look at this vehicle, and it's Mark Atlinger's. What am I talking about? It's not Mark Atlinger. It is Johnny Atlinger. God, I'm such an idiot today. Um, jo- it's Johnny's car. He has Johnny's car. It's very strange. This guy's not smart, is he? <laughs> well, he thinks he is. Um, he told police that the stranger had told him that he was shacking up with a sugar mama who was going to take care of him and buy him a new car when they returned from a long vacation. Too specific. 
Yeah. That's what happens when you get too And specific. why would you <laughs> offer this information up? Just like keep it to yourself. And if they say something about it, like you just gave them the car. Yeah. They wouldn't have known about the car at all Literally. unless you brought it up. And you did. They didn't know you had that until you said, hey, look, I've got this car. And he said that he was he had parked it at a friend's. So that's weird. It wasn't even parked at his own house or anything like that. This guy's um, a moron. It's like he wanted to be caught. So investigators brought him in for interrogation. There is a full video of this. Mm-hmm. I have it in my show notes. I watched it. Fun. He doesn't give away shit. Seriously? No, he doesn't give away anything. Oh my God. Um, because by this time, investigators have noticed that he's changed his story multiple times. It's not exactly what he's told them the first time. They're catching on. And so investigators confront him about everything because they've been pretty friendly up until now. And the lead investigator's like, I don't believe you. And I think you are involved in some way in Johnny's disappearance. And he just says, why? <laughs> um, I hate this guy. <laughs> they had no body. They had no evidence, really, at this point, other than the car yeah. that he ha- was in possession of Johnny's car that he was involved. But it all seemed weird. He was going to his garage. He has his car. Like, there's been this incident in front of the garage that we don't really know how to explain. Yeah. The lead investigator has this exchange with him before he has to let him go. He can't keep him. They don't have any evidence against him. He says, you're not going to be able to live with yourself for the rest of your life. And Twitchell says, you'd be surprised what I can live with. Um, guilty? Gigantic exclamation point? Yep. And... (laughs) Twitchell then sends an email to his production team asking them not to talk to the police. Are you serious? I have it. (gasps) You have the actual email? I have the email. email. Oh, my God. I'm so ready for this. We're going to read it. Bring it on. Bring it on. I got to get to it. Hang on. (laughs) Waiting for the computer. Waiting for the computer. Ah, Nope. that's, That's the wrong one. There are like four. <laughs> you did have a lot of evidence that you were going to read. I did. This is kind of long, so sorry. Gentlemen, first off, I want to offer my deepest apologies if your lives have been disrupted in any way by what's going on lately. I wish I could talk to you about it and maybe one day in the future that will be possible. But that was wrong grammar. <laughs> He did something wrong. Sorry. (laughs) Grammar police. But for now, I have recommended I have to recommend that everyone stop talking to the police or not start to if you haven't already. If you aren't sure what I'm referring to, then you will soon. You have a right to silence and you should exercise that right. I'm sure no one in this group carries guilt. So if you have nothing to fear. Oh, so you have nothing to fear. But I've been screwed around with and I don't appreciate it. So it's time to stop this and make them do their own jobs. I'm serious. The time for dry, sarcastic humor and flaky jokes is over, and this is no prank. Sometimes what we see on TV is, in fact, a true representation of how they work. Sometimes they do lie and make things up in order to get people to say things they otherwise would not, just so they can have an answer for the media. 
I didn't think this was the case until this week when I was proven otherwise. So please, if they ask you questions, just tell them you don't know anything. And if they want you to come in for a, quote, statement, kindly refuse. I highly doubt anybody has given them the slightest provocation to get arrested. So nothing will happen to you if you tell them to pound salt. And this will go away faster. Thanks for your cooperation. I'll keep you posted. First of all, isn't the saying pound sand? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I thought so too. <laughs> second. I was like, mm, I don't know. That was horrifyingly like. You shouldn't have sent that. Y- you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have sent that email. Like, what the fuck were you thinking? If you were going to say something like that. You explain the situation. He says it in such a sketchy way, like, if you don't know what's going on, you will soon. Mm-hmm. Like, no, bro, you were questioned in connection with a missing person. If you really didn't want your team to speak to the police because you really were, like, being framed for something, you'd say, look, the police came to me saying they think I have something to do with this missing person. And I don't. I clearly do not. Y'all know me. Like, I ask that you please don't speak to the police about me. And then if, and, you know, if they come to you, you know, just say you have a right to silence and that's all you have to say it's just like the rambling goes on and on and on and so that makes it more suspicious he says too much yeah so on october 22nd they get a search warrant for Uh his home the garage and they get to impound his car good (laughs) they quickly discover that this quote-unquote movie set that he said is in this garage is anything but. And we are going to talk about this evidence. And it is damning. There's no way he did not do this. So. Bring it on. <laughs> the neighbors, they had canvassed the neighborhood and talked to the neighbors. Yeah. Had said that they saw him changing the lock on the garage. Not having seen anybody mess with it they get into the garage and start processing the scene and they find blood everywhere and they not fake blood not fake blood they later find out through dna that it is johnny atlinger's blood they find oh it. My God. They find a large stain. And I'm going to put a picture of this up, guys. It's crazy. Nicole just saw a picture of it. It literally looks like a puddle. <laughs> I literally, she showed it to me. And my response was, it looks like a portal to another dimension. That is how big the spot of glowing blue is on the mm-hmm. floor. There was a large stain on the cement. And the police use luminol to de- like you know determine whether or not it was blood and it lit up like a christmas tree literally like a christmas tree <laughs> they found blood on knives saws and other butcher's tools all in the nooks and crannies of these items the blood was on his clothing on his pants the knee in the back pocket of his jeans in the stitching of his hoodie his shoes and his belt. Bro, what did you roll in it? What the fuck? Well, he didn't copy Dexter and wear that suit. A compa- oh, duh. <laughs> that, he wear- that he wears to make sure that he doesn't get any blood on him. This man is not very smart. They, they impounded his car, like I said. 
and they found blood in the trunk of his car, which was later linked to Johnny Atlinger. There was blood on his computer keyboard, on rolls of toilet paper, scissors, a meat cleaver, a hockey mask, cleaning supplies, the walls, and on top of a metal, quote, kill table. Oh like my a God. giant tape. Like a, it looked like a giant tape. I'm going to put pictures of it. Like a metal table yeah. that you use for cadavers and shit to, like, oh. dissect people. My God. He also had a heavy-duty carving kit, which is used by hunters most often to chop up moose and deer. Uh. Um, There was blood also found on this, on the caper knife, the skinner knife, the fillet knife, the butcher knife, the shears, the saw, and a two-pronged carving fork. And all of this blood is Johnny Atlinger's. All of it. Oh. My. God. They also found it on the end of a copper pipe. What the (laughs) fuck? During their investigation (laughs) of Mark Twitchell, they find out that in September of 2008, approximately a month before Atlinger's murder, Twitchell had purchased a meat cleaver, handcuffs, a steel barrel, and a stun baton on the internet. He also bought several rolls of duct tape, plastic gloves, and drop cloths from Canadian Tire and Home Depot. They all had receipts for this, friends. Receipts. If you're... (sighs) Buy things with cash. Don't take a receipt. Like, what are you, an idiot? Wear a hoodie and glasses into the store so you're not on camera. Like... I'm literally thinking about this being like... a yard sale or something. I'm literally at a point where I'm like... You wanted to get caught. Like, you he did, did this in such a stupid way. Like, you left a paper trail. Well, and he freaking brought it on himself. If he had just shut his mouth about the car, I highly doubt they would have even noticed. Mm-hmm. They also found out that around this time is when he rented the garage behind this residential property. And it's on the south side, I guess, of Edmonton. Okay. Um, for $170 a month. Um, this could have been for the movie, which he did film. He did film House of Cards. I saw little pieces of it. Okay. Um, I've never seen the whole thing, but I saw little like clips from it. Yeah. Whether it was like in production when this was over, I don't know. So like he could have explained this all the way as being props for the movie. Yeah. But instead they find real blood on it all. The most damning piece of evidence is found in his car. Oh, no. Johnny Atlier's car? No. Oh, his car. His own car. Which, let's just talk about this for a hot second. He had license plates, like personalized li- license plates, and it said that it was like Dark Jedi. He like was obsessed with Star Wars. Um, Star Wars does not like you. On this laptop, <laughs> in his deleted files, Trash files. Empty your trash bin, people. Motherfucker. They find a document called SK Confessions. It is single-spaced and 42 pages long. What? The opening line of this document is, This story is based on true events. The names and events were altered slightly to protect the guilty. This is the story of my progression into becoming a serial killer. 
silence. I have nothing. So there's a guy who, who there's a couple guys who've written books about this. Um, the one is called Devil's Cinema, and I can't remember the author's name off the top of my head, but he, um, he did like an interview with one of the documentaries, and he, this was his de- description of what this document is essentially is about. Yeah. It is um, a story that talks about a regular guy who one day turns himself into a self-professed psychopath. It talks about setting up his, quote, little workshop of horrors, claimed to use internet dating sites to find victims, and describes dismembering Johnny Atlinger in horrific detail as Jim. That's his name in the story. Investigators were able to prove that 85% of this document was correct. Are you serious? How? Not only did they have a detail a detailed account of what had happened to Johnny Atlinger based on evidence. They also knew what he was thinking, what the what the murderer was thinking when he did it. Because he wrote it down. Because he wrote it down. Oh my god. So what this describes, and like I said, they call he calls him Jim yeah. in the document. But what he describes in the document is that when Atlinger arrived at the garage on the 10th, mm-hmm. the perpetrator, who yeah. we know to be Mark Twitchell, attacked him with a butcher knife and a heavy copper pipe, probably one in each hand. He bludgeoned him repeatedly in the forehead with the pipe. And then when he lost consciousness... Twitchell finished him off with a knife, stabbing him repeatedly. Oh, my God. He then dismembered Atlinger's body in the garage and attempted to burn his severed limbs in a steel drum. Obviously, you don't understand science, you moron, because you need very high temperatures to turn bones into ash. Yeah. Oh, my. Or you need to be burning that fire for days. Uh Uh-huh. Investigators later found this steel drum in his backyard, and they found a charred arm of a pair of eyeglasses at the bottom of it. Oh, no. When he realized that burning the limbs was not going to work, he then took what was left of the body and dropped it down a sewer. Are you for real? A sewer? But does it, but it's not specific about which sewer. So the whole time he goes into detail, like I'm not even kidding. There's I looked in one of the documentaries and they he, they literally talk about at one point where he takes the like his organs out and like cuts them and he like notes how they deflated in his hand. And he talks about like the smell of the blood and how he should have been disgusted, but it was like exhilarating or something like that it's crazy i'm not gonna read a ton of uh, there i mean it's nuts but it's in such horrific detail that like and all the evidence matches matches what they found in the garage oh my god but this document also mentions a man that got away (gasps) 
and we remember the couple the, the incident before who witnessed this incident it describes it in complete detail but they do not know who this person is they never found him we'll talk about that on october 31st of 2008 which was mark's favorite holiday he is arrested and obviously this evidence is fucking damning yeah plus the document but they couldn't find johnny's body like i said there had been like no it had been noted in the document that it's dropped down in some sewer but there are no and this whole thing is completely detailed but there are no details on which sewer sewer so that's and police search for months for his remains snaking cameras down into sewers searching like a block radius still cannot find his body and they actually have a video of this too i didn't couldn't find the full video but you probably could if you looked a little harder than me um they actually drive him like put him in a squad car and drive him around edmonton and take him to the crime scenes and everything trying to like bait a confession out of him yeah but he's quiet the whole time mark does not say a word that's terrifying doesn't say anything and um they record the whole thing like videotape the whole thing but he doesn't say anything so i only saw clips of it but i'm sure there's a full video somewhere of yeah it. um he refused to cooperate so police go public again one of the things that the document had said was that when this attack occurred mark twitchell the murderer whoever was wearing a hockey mask like like jason no it's like missing the bottom mouthpiece so like it's this top and it comes down on the sides and then comes up quickly and goes underneath the nose so like his whole mouth is like batman like batman (laughs) but yeah yeah like batman um and it was painted i'm sorry that's not funny (laughs) just should have wearing a Batman mask instead of a hockey mask. But it was painted gold and black. I actually have a picture of it. Hold on. I'll show it to you. Guys, you'll get all these pictures too. Don't worry. I'm oh, not so did gonna... I just say the wrong? No, Batman. No, anyway. Jason. That's not Jason. Is it? Yes. I'm having a moment. Oh. You get what I'm talking about now? Yes. I so it it's it is like the Jason mask, but it's the mouthpiece is like the mouthpiece is gone. Off. Yeah, the mouthpiece is gone. So, what the police do? They go public, and they release a picture of the mask, oh no. along with what not in complete detail, but kind of the details, like vague details yeah. on what happened to Johnny Atlinger. And they're talking about that there's this document that says that there is possible other victim. Please come forward. Da 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 da. <laughs> I'm afraid. This man named Gilles Tetro is contacted by a friend who he had told about his experience. And he explains, his friend explains to him what happened to Johnny Atlinger. And on November 2nd or 3rd, that was kind of wishy-washy, but around that time, he calls the police. 
Uh, he told the police about his experience, and we're going to talk in full detail about what happened. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, he explained that he hadn't come forward because he was embarrassed and thought he had been duped. Um, some One source said that Twitchell had threatened to hunt him down and kill him if he did, but I couldn't find that anywhere else yeah. but a lot of the times when he talked about it because there are a lot of interviews with this guy he said that he just felt so embarrassed yeah he thought he'd been duped by like and it was so weird and that he thought the guy was trying to rob him so he didn't come forward yeah because he was ashamed oh um and Gilles tells the police information that only the first victim would know so Oh, bring it on your face. I'm not ready. A week <laughs> prior to Johnny's disappearance mm-hmm. on October 3rd of 2008, Gilles Tetro plans to meet a woman named Sheena, who he had met on Plenty of Fish. Her handle on this site is also Spiderwebs. And do you want to know something funny? Do you want to know what kind of stickers are all over Mark Twitchell's laptop? Spiderwebs. Spider-Man. Oh. We keep talking. Oh, my. Gilles was new to the Edmonton area and was trying to expand his social circle, meet new people. And I think somebody had said he was recently divorced, but don't quote me on that. Um, And he got... Strange directions, just like Johnny Avenger. And I'm going to read them to you right now. Yes. Okay. So Friday, if you're coming from the north on Groat, get on Calgary Trail. And when you get to the south side and jump, and when you get onto the south side and jump onto White Mud, then go south on 50th Street. Take a right on 40 Ave, and after a block or two, take the very first right into the alley. It's marked by a yellow crosswalk sign, so pay attention. When you go left and pull into the driveway on your left, it, it, that isn't paved. LOL. Seriously, who ever heard of a driveway that looks like the Amazon? Whatever. It won't swallow your car, I promise. There's some garbage up against the fence, like an old couch and such, but it might be gone by Friday. Who knows? Like I said, the garage door will be open for you a touch. Don't worry about neighbors thinking you're a burglar. Everyone knows there's nothing valuable in there, except my car, of course. Oi. See you then, Sheena. Next little bit. Yeah, he probably responded. And so then this was the next little bit she said. She. She. <laughs> Quotes. Quotes. She. <laughs> yeah. First visible back door coming out of the garage. Knock away. There's certainly no other driveways along our alley like this one. And and half open and the half open car door is a dead giveaway. LOL. See you seven on Friday. What? So this is what happens. Gilles follows Sheena's directions and arrives at the garage. Again, very similar 
park in the driveway. The garage door will be open a touch. Coming through the house, coming through the garage, and the back door of the house is through the door. Very odd. He gets there, crouches underneath this half-open garage door. Yeah. His he said it was dark in there, so his eyes had to like kind of adjust to the light, and so he was kind of like just kind of standing there for a second, waiting to, till his eyes adjusted, and then all of a sudden. A man in a hockey mask who is very tall starts prodding him with a stun baton. What? Which somebody said 800,000 volts in the stun baton, which maybe is not true, but that's what I remember hearing. Um, this guy that's attacking Gilles pulls out a gun. And Gilles, he said that immediately he thought, Oh, my God, I never told anyone where I was. No one will know what happened to me. He gets pushed to the ground and blindfolded with duct tape. Ooh. He decides at this moment that it's now or never. He's like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die my way. I'm not going to die like this. Mm-hmm. And he jumps up, rips the blindfold from his eyes, the, and it's duct tape. I was just going to say, ow. Rips it from his eyes and grabs the gun. The, t- the front of the gun and realizes the gun is plastic. <gasps> so the attacker at this point, when he realizes that this has happened, starts punching him in the side of the head. And as he's doing this, he keeps moving closer to the door and the guy is like holding on to his jacket and he manages to somehow get out of his jacket and throw it. And so that confuses the attacker. Oh my God. And he um, rolled under, back under the garage door. He starts to go down the driveway again towards his car, but that's when he starts feeling the effects of the stun baton. And he can no longer move his legs. And he falls to the ground. Um, And then the attacker comes out and starts pulling him back back into the garage and that's when he gets away again manages to get all of his strength back up he falls back on the ground and sees marissa gearney and trevor hossinger walking their dog and he says this guy is trying to rob me can you help me and they just look at him and he says can you at least help me get out to my car Twitchell comes running out, like running towards him again and almost runs into the couple and starts pretending that he is his best friend being like, oh, this isn't funny, dude. Like, you know, come on, come on, come on. And like I said, they were afraid. Yeah. And they left. Smart people. Smart fucking people, though, at least like for going home and just calling the cops. But Twitchell goes back into the garage thinking maybe he's still stunned or something and starts he's um Giel said that he could see him pacing underneath the garage door and Giel got up the last bit of energy he could got into his car and sped away holy crap batman that <laughs> that's impressive though to be like you're stunned repeatedly and you just like 
you're falling down and you're fighting this man and you still manage to just keep getting away. He said when he got home, he went on plenty of fish to try and like get as much information about this woman that he could. And Sheena's profile had been deleted. Of course. So the police have their second man. And a lot of fucking evidence. Yep. But they still don't have a body. And for Johnny Atlinger. And they are wondering, are we going to be able to convict him of anything without Atlinger's body? It's going to be hard. And here's where things get interesting, friends. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nine (laughs) months after his arrest, Mark Twitchell's lawyer contacts police. But he says, like... It can't be the lead investigator. He, like, doesn't like him. So two other police officers come. And this interaction is, like, five minutes long. I feel like he shouldn't get a choice, but okay. I know, but he wouldn't. He said he wouldn't talk unless it was not him. So they get to this meeting. They sit down with him and his lawyer. And Mark pushes a folded piece of paper over to them. This folded piece of paper is a Google map. Of the neighborhood. With the writing at the bottom. Location of Johnny Atlinger's remains. And sad thing guys. Really sad. This sewer where he had left them. Was only just blocks. From where they had stopped searching. Oh. So if they had searched like one more week. They would have found it. They had just expanded their radius ever so slightly. They would Mm -hmm. have found him. Oh. Obviously they go to this sewer and find Johnny Atlinger's charred remains. But good, they have his body, right? And they can definitely charge him with this. So, at his trial, sorry guys, I could not find the actual start date of the trial. I could only find, like, conviction date. The conviction date. So, sorry. I apologize. So, prior to the trial... The Crown had ordered, um, and like we had talked about the, my very first case, like they're, pro- they're like, there are district attorneys and things yeah. like that. Um, the Crown had ordered that certain material from Twitchell's computer document could not be shared at the trial. Mm-hmm. It's like too graphic. And they also put out a complete media ban. So, um, can't say I blame them. So, media sources were not given any information until the trial started okay okay and this is a cbc article and i'm just going to read a quote earlier thursday the jury was told by alberta's assistant chief medical examiner examiner dr bernard bannock that that graphic descriptions of dismemberment found in a document on twitchell's laptop are medically credible. Crown prosecutors read Bannock portions of the SK Confessions, a document they allege is a true account of how Twitchell killed Atlinger. Bannock said the descriptions match his own experiences dealing with bodies in autopsies. Jesus. Bannock also told the court that Atlinger's torso had been removed from the sewer 
and that there were clear marks of dismemberment on the bones, like from a very sharp knife. There was also a tooth fragment found in the sewer, which DNA linked to Atlinger. They managed to find that? That's mm-hmm. crazy. It's a tiny piece. Good for them. This is an article from um, the Canadian Press. It's another, um, and it's like, um, oh my God. It's a um, passage from the laptop document. And guys, just kind of trigger warning. <laughs> uh This document found on the laptop um, talks about Twitchell cutting off Atlinger's head and playing with it like a puppet. And here is the quote from SK Confessions. I grabbed his jaw with my gloved hand and moved it while making a funny voice to make it look like it was talking and chuckled to myself at the total silliness of it all. Like, you know, when you go like, like that was what he was doing to his head, his dismembered head. This man is beyond fuck. Oh my God. Here, man, we're getting towards the end of this. Here is Mark Twitchell's fucked defense. Not ready. He said that this whole incident was a multi-angled, layered psychosis entertainment stunt. What? (laughs) That was his own words for it. So basically his plan was to lure a victim to the garage, convince him to leave for a while, and make people believe that this had happened. And then people would be like, isn't it weird that a movie just came out with those same exact circumstances? So basically... It was a botched publicity stunt. Yeah. That's what he claimed. This did not match up with the evidence at all. And obviously the jury did not believe him. But Twitchell claims that he stabbed Atlinger in self-defense. How in any way is any of that self-defense, you literal piece of shit? That when he learned, that when Atlinger learned that he was not going to be meeting Jen... He attacked Twitchell with the copper pipe, and the, the struggle ensued, and Twitchell ended up killing him. Um, and he took the stand at his own trial and tried to convince the jury of this. Oh, moron. Um, and he thought that the men would, like, spread the word about what had happened to them, and, like, it would just, like, no, give bro. him publicity for the movie. No. Um, <laughs> and that the writing in in the writing in this document was not a journal. It was just a work of fiction that he had been working on. (laughs) On April 12th of 2011, the jury deliberated for five hours and convicted him of first degree murder, sentencing him to life in prison without the possibility of parole in 25 years. Good. So he gets it in 25, but he has to serve 25 maximum before he's considered. That's what uh, Russell got. Mm-hmm. And that, my friends, is the fucking twisting, turning story of the murder of Johnny Atlinger. That's fucked. A.K.A. the Dexter murder. Poor Johnny. 
I know. But police said to his mother at some point, I read this in an article, that they told her that her son was a hero. They were like, if if he hadn't told his friends where he was, like sent them the directions from Jen. Yeah. We would have never caught this guy. Huge. We would have he would have disappeared and he would have just been a missing person. He's like, your son is a hero. Good. And he is because this could have. Do you know how many other people this could have happened to with mm-hmm. no with nobody knowing? Oh, yeah. But this guy's a fucking idiot, isn't he? <laughs> That's one word for him. <laughs> he like he got himself caught. Literally, if he had just they had they had the directions. That's what they had. If he had just shut his mouth, and I'm not saying, like, he should have No, I'm it. very glad he did what he did, glad he did what he did. But if he had just shut his mouth and not said, like, oh, I got this car. He, he had it at a friend's house. They didn't even know he had it. At that point, I don't even think they had mentioned Johnny's car. So it was like. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? You wanted to be caught. I don't think he wanted to. I think he thought he was being cooperative. No, that's not cooperative. That's just stupid. I know. Like, <laughs> you're incriminating yourself, dude. You literally just incriminated yourself. You just said, hey, look, I have this man's car. Well, you said, hey, I bought this car off a stranger. They go and they run the VIN and For the tags. $40. At least fucking get rid of the VIN number somehow. Like, change the plates. Do something. Paint it. I don't freaking know. Like, what? What? This guy was dumb. <laughs> Deserves everything he got. Oh, man. If not more. Oh, God. I'm glad that I couldn't find, like, actual excerpts from his journal. I don't, like, just don't the thing with it. the fucking head. I couldn't even. I was like, what the That's fuck? sadistic. It's disgusting. They used him like a puppet. Like, what? And laughed at the general silliness of it all. Yeah, murder. Silly. Ha ha, you just dismembered this man. Ha this, ha. This was literally an innocent man whose head you just cut Poor off. Poor Johnny Atlinger. He, he just wanted to make friends in his new town. No, that was Gilles. Oh, that was Gilles. Gilles Sorry. Tetro. Sorry. He got <laughs> away. I'm glad he got away. He got away. Because he's the reason that they got him. And Johnny did well, not. sort of. And yes, Johnny's a hero, but poor dude. He just was looking for love. I know. That's so sad to me. Like He was so smart, too. He's like a smart guy. He had, like, really great friends and a good social circle. And he just wanted to find love. And he ended up finding Mark Twitchell. Piece of shit. Mark Twitchell, not Johnny. <laughs> and he just, just, like, like you like look at pictures of him, he looks so sweet. Like, he just look. You know how, like, you have... You you see a person and you're like, oh, that person. They've got just, that kind face. Yeah, they just, just look, look like the so kind of person sweet. that would like. I don't even know. It just makes me so upset. The whole case, I was just like, oh, this is so I'm sad. glad they got justice for him at least. That's why I was like, I'm gonna talk about Johnny and I'm gonna talk about Gilles and I'm gonna talk about the evidence. I don't even want to mention Mark Twitchell that often. He's a piece of crap. Like, and he was married and had a kid. Whatever happened to that? They're divorced. Okay. And she, I think she testified at his trial. Good. That she was like, I did not know about any of this. 
he like we've we've been on the outs i guess like he they were sleeping in separate rooms oh. like they were not doing well in their marriage in general and so like uh, she just didn't even know good for her for testifying though they yeah oh god could have been like fucking david russell's wife and said nothing said nothing did nothing acted like she knew nothing don't tell me that you did not see those fucking scenes but she like but this <laughs> woman literally was like i oh oh and she did say i'm sorry i forgot to mention this in her in my notes yeah that at the trial um she said that these appointments like like when he was at the garage doing this stuff uh-huh. on their home calendar it said that he had meetings with a psychologist or a psychiatrist so she thought that he was he going was like to see somebody like a therapist but instead he was murdering people and attempting to murder people oh my god that's horrifying that's horrifying like what the fuck you use that excuse like what the fuck oh man guys this was a twisty there are two books written on this case one is actually written by Gilles Tetro really yeah i would really like to read that one i I didn't get a chance yet and then the other like i said is called the devil's cinema it's written by somebody else who i can't remember right now but you can find them on amazon you can find them anywhere i really need to we should put a bookshelf on this empty wall here with all of our true crime books it should be like our library yes (gasps) and every time we're like oh yeah we read this book we get a copy and we put it on the shelf i haven't read that many books but I haven't either. I haven't. I want it. to read those books now. Well, I was going to say, it's so hard because sometimes we, I mean, technically, unless we know ahead of time when we start researching, like, super freaking early, you get about two weeks average to do our research. Mm-hmm. It's hard to read a whole book in two weeks. I did it that one time, but it was because I found an audible of Yeah, it. you found the audio book. That's, I can do, if I've got an audio book, oh, I'm good, because I can listen to that at work. But if I have to read, read. I need to, like, get home from work every single day and sit down and read. Right. And then, because it, it'll take me 18 times longer to be like, okay. And well, maybe one day this will be our whole job. I freaking hope so. <laughs> Guys, help will, us. Maybe this will be our one job one well, day. It, and it's like, because if you think about it, I mean, you're not only just reading the book, we have to note it. You have to notate it. So it's like, you're stopping every page or two to write down the important things mm-hmm. and if that book's 500 pages that's gonna take you forever <laughs> yeah 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 it's so it's it's a lot it's hard we try we try really hard friends we do try to, to do everything i we wish can i could put more time into it i really do i would love to just do this forever. D- do this and only this <laughs> for a lifetime forever i'm i just this case just made me so sad oh (laughs) i know this was this was a a tough one especially since there was so much evidence just so much gruesome evidence that he butchered him the the list of weapons alone that he used on him butchered the things that were covered in his blood it was just like you kept going and the list just kept going and I, I just like guys there's evidence photos of all of us and I will be posting them <sighs> hockey mask knives his car the laptop the luminol 
There's like a picture of all the blood droplets that he left all over the table. What an idiot. It's like, you didn't, tr- did you try to clean up? No. You're obviously not as good as Dexter, because Dexter would not have left that much evidence. Dexter would have left no evidence. Defer- Dexter would have never been fucking caught. <laughs> yeah. Dexter so, wouldn't have handed over himself, basically, by saying, oh, by the way, I bought this car. <laughs> I'm still not over that. Sorry. Dexter <laughs> is smarter than you. Dexter's much smarter. And a lot hotter. <laughs> and they're coming out with a new season of it. No or, or Or something. Yeah, like it's, like a, it's like a limited mini-series that they're doing with him. And they're, like, bringing it back for, like, one more go. I guess Tyler loved it. I, I never finished it. I never. I got like bored. I was gonna say. I know my parents watched it and they said it was all right. They said after a while it gets a little far fetched. Well, it gets to be gets where like, like so crazy. He should have been caught like eight hundred times by now. Yeah. Like you might as well just catch him. Yeah. And it was. I remember because it hit the point where my mom was like, "Yeah, it gets kind of far fetched, and it's like, it's good, but it's just like, how long can this really go on for?" Right. Right. Know? Right. Right. And I never, I never got to watch it. I never, because my parents started watching it and I was kind of young. And they were like, there's too much blood in this, but you can go watch Criminal Minds. And I was like, okay. Not as much blood, but <laughs> definitely talks about. Definitely a lot. Equally of terrible things. Terrible things. <laughs> anyway, guys, we have one more. Canadian true crime. Oh, Canadian true crime. <laughs> yeah. I've, see, I've been having a hard time talking there's today, too. Tank. I was like, Mark Atlinger. I was like, No. <laughs> Wrong one. <laughs> How dare I say that? It's Johnny Atlinger. Johnny. I've gotten wine on my pants several times now. <laughs> Guys, this wine is really wine good. Is really Go good. try Michael David Winery. We highly recommend them, obviously. Oh, and 19 Crimes. But if you haven't tried that, 19. what are you thinking about? <laughs> like, what are you thinking? Guys, <laughs> 19 Crimes is great. Michael David Winery is great. Drink we love them. them. Go drink them. <laughs> anyway, Nicole, where can they find us? She has. She pulled up her little link tree. Look at you. I was like, I'm gonna do this because we always forget something. I know, I do too. <laughs> so, guys, for our social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Buzzkillers Podcast. Buzzkillers Podcast. We are on Twitter at Buzzkillers Pod. Buzzkillers Pod. If you hop over to YouTube and you get in your little search bar and you put Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. And we should pop right up in your search and hit that subscribe button. Please. Subscribe, motherfuckers. If we get 100 <laughs> subscribers, we get a URL that is custom to us and it will be much easier to find us, please. We will not have to tell you to go in the search bar and basically say good luck to you. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I subscribed to us a while ago, so I can find us really easy, but yeah, I, I know re- it's hard. I remember when we first set it up, I tried to get Ryan, and I was like, hey, can you go subscribe to us? And I told him, like, just search Buzzkillers, and he was like, I could not find you. I yeah. had to send him a link. Yeah, I sent my parents the link. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I, you just, like, would not come up in the search. Now we'll come up in a search because we, like, are more established, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I do. I remember the first time he was like, I literally could not find I you. I can't. He was like, I searched everything i can't i can't find find you you. um so uh, if you would like to listen to us (gasps) guys anywhere you can get your podcast literally anywhere you can get your podcast because i think like 60 percent of like our listens come from things other than these things (laughs) (laughs) but they they kind of do which is really weird i don't know where you guys are finding us but thank you i was gonna say i don't know how you listen maybe i wonder if our website counts yeah, it does. I wonder if that's the other portion. Maybe. 
Not, I don't think it's all that, though. It's definitely not all. There's a few others that fall under other, but we have, like, <laughs> we have a breakdown on Podbean that shows us what platform is most popular for streaming. This yes. is what we're talking about. Sorry. So, it, like, it comes up as, like, a little pie chart, and other, the other category. It's, like, the biggest if number. If you look at us, like, overall since we started, it's the biggest one. It's, like, almost half. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's on top of Apple and Spotify, like, where are you finding us? <laughs> Tell us. We want to know. Um, yeah, seriously, we can make it a little bit better. <laughs> Freaking advertise that if that's where you're listening. Uh, yeah, um, exactly. But as far as we know, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and our source platform, Podbean. Yay! And of course, Amazon Music is also Audible. Audible. They yes. both work one and the same. So you can find us on either one. Mm, okay. Oh, and we have our website. Oh, and our website! <laughs> Which I'm staring at to get these Looking links. at it right now. <laughs> so if you go to www.buzzkillerspodcast.com www.buzzkillerspodcast.com I like how I just know to pause now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do too now. Um, you guys can check us out. Um, I just hit myself in the mouth with the microphone. <laughs> there's a whole page about us you can read a little bit about macy and i get a little fun facts i just threw some extra pictures up. i know they're so cute i was like i want to make this more personal and i was like i found some pictures of us together and i, I was so upset because i tried to find a way to put the boomerang of us like clinking the, the glasses oh but i like couldn't make it look normal without it being in like this giant video player and i was like that's not what I want. So I put cute selfies of us up there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we do have cute selfies. You can see us and learn a little bit about us. And then if you want, there's a whole page where you can listen directly through our website. Um, there is a page for contacting us. Um, it'll send a, an email directly to our Gmail if you go that way. Um, or if you'd like, you can just email our Gmail, which is buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com. Um, but share your stories with us yes share topics that you want to hear cases you want to hear anything send us some love send us some critiques yes don't, don't be mean about it we like critiques but we don't like mean we're yes. sensitive human beings constructive <laughs> criticism friends constructive <laughs> you criticism. can be constructive without being a dick yeah you can be constructive <laughs> without being mean um, I'm too pure of a heart for that. Um, if you'd like, there is also a whole page dedicated to all of the wines we try. Really, guys, check that out. Nicole does a really great job <laughs> with it. She edits it like every week to put up the new one that we have. I just went on to it the other day and I edited it. So I changed it up a little bit. So it's because originally we didn't have a lot on there because we were just starting. Mm-hmm. So I had the pictures really big and then I realized we had it, we were at the point of we have like 40 episodes. So we had a lot of bottles up there and I was like. I can probably shrink these pictures. And you go on, it actually looks like shelves. It, to me, it looks yeah, like a Yeah, it does. It looks like little shelves. And there's like, you can see all the little bottles, and we've got descriptions. And yeah, you can click are. on them, and it'll open. Yep. And, and so you can check out all of the wines we drink. Um, Eventually, it might be cool once we, you know, probably get a lot, like, more. We could do, like, subsections where it's, like, 19 crimes. You click on it, and it's all the wines all of, of the 19, 19 crimes. crimes. That's smart. We should also probably say what episode we do do we do we say that i do not we'd have to go back and <laughs> find it them would, all, well it would actually be very easy because we did document it very well on instagram we do document it on instagram so, if you guys don't know that already yeah obviously um if you check out our instagram um every episode that we put up every like episode post Pen- yeah episode post yeah. on instagram facebook the or twitter very last image of that post will always tell you what uh what wine we have drunk for the episode 
and normally as long as we can find their instagram we will tag them usually um, yeah, yeah we yeah, do yeah. our best there's a, been a few that i know i either have not been able to find and i don't think they have social media or whatever things but like that yeah because we are we do we do get some new york wines that are kind of small um, sometimes they have social media i think the only one that's currently not on our website is the one from bellhurst castle the carry because i cannot find a normal image of that i can't even like this one yeah uh yeah. all they don't have like individual bottle pictures no, the they don't. only I could find like two pictures and they were on their Instagram. Well, I'm going to a wedding at Belfast Castle. Girl, get me a bottle. <laughs> so I'll take a picture. <laughs> Thanks, Mike and Lacey. Yes, seriously. <laughs> oh, we we've had it. some great wines lately and they've been great. So and we've got three more coming up, guys, which <sighs> so we're really for. excited about. They're all reds, though. <laughs> they are all reds. And so I think we've waited on purpose. <laughs> 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 we did the last two weeks. We were like the rosé. The Chardonnay. <laughs> oh, shit. Now there's three we reds are, in a row. We are <laughs> like normal Moscato drinkers. So. Guys, Moscato is. Life. It's like drinking apple juice and it's so good. Apple you, juice? It's made with grapes. I know, but it's like, <laughs> it's like that, that sweetness and it's easy to drink. Oh, okay. It's just like, it's like a juice. Just like yes, a juice, juice in general. Juice. But yes. like. I get, like grape juice with a kick. We're going to have to, like, start eating steak before we record the episode. Or, like, having snacks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to. Like, wine and cheese. (laughs) Macy's going to be telling a story in my microphone. You're just going to (laughs) hear crunching of crackers and cheese and stuff. There'll be, like, a 30-minute break. So, 30-minute pause now, friends. (laughs) Sorry for all the pauses this episode. I I had my laptop, like, ready. (laughs) And it, like, didn't work. Your your, Your laptop was, like. Nah. Nah, son. <laughs> You're not I'm not gonna work for you. What are you talking about? Anyway yeah, guys. guys, so check check out our website, check out our medias, follow us, like us, subscribe, comment, follow. Thank you for liking and subscribing. Yeah, what Ryan says. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys so much and we have one more um episode of Canadian. Canadian true crime left for this month of April. And then for May, we've got something special up our sleeve. We've got something special planned. So be ready, motherfuckers. We are so excited. There is one case in particular that we're we've already pumped. planned and we're pumped for. We have so much coming for you guys. And I hope you know that. And actually, guys, it's be amazing. <laughs> there's like even more than just the episode coming. We've got some other really exciting things that we've yes. been planning that it's just been taking us a little longer to plan. I feel like <laughs> we always start planning these things around a holiday. We do. And We're then really like we get it. derailed by the holiday weekend. So we, <laughs> we also kind of didn't realize how long certain things were going to take. So. <laughs> oh, my God. COVID has fucked everything up. Oh, so. Yeah. There's oh, something yeah. that I submitted a long time ago that we're not going to get back until like next month. So. Yeah. So um, we're working on it, guys. We will obviously let you know as soon as we have anything for you. And it'll all be on our social media. Oh, yeah. And we'll probably talk about it on here, too. Just some business things. But um, we're really excited for May. It's going to be a really fun month. It's we're going to be May. It's going to be May. Just dated myself. <laughs> <laughs> All that I do. So uh keep listening, keep watching out for things. Um send us some love, send us some emails. Yes, um all if, guys, if you still want to send us um your case suggestions, you are please feel free, even though it's not up on the Instagram story anymore. 
send us an email send us a direct message we would love to hear from you about any cases you want to hear things like that um topics you want to suggest uh anything anything because just because it's not up on the instagram story anymore doesn't mean that you cannot do it so do it Tell us what you want. Tell us what you want. Demon sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we will be back at you next week with a new episode. And um, we're really excited. And thanks for listening. We'll get you later. Okay, bye. Bye.